and welcome to the Feminine Profiles podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Baldwin. My intention for this show is to create a space for open conversations with women from all backgrounds, to shed light on stories of entrepreneurship, creativity, human potential, and self-expression. Join me here every week for another dose of inspiration and a new feminine profile. Hello and welcome back to the Feminine Profiles podcast. This week we have Tasha Franken on. Tasha is a certified health coach, Pilates instructor, Pilates expert, and model. She has her online platform called Trueform Studio where she has over 700 videos. She posts twice a week. She has a wonderful library of beautiful Pilates videos teaching people and really supporting people to have this beautiful practice at home with minimal equipment, minimal space or time needed, and really shows people how to incorporate this Pilates practice into their life anywhere at any time. And today we really get into learning her backstory about where she was when she first decided to launch her Pilates videos during COVID on Instagram Live and YouTube and then launching her online membership platform. And we also talk about how she found success listening to her gut and really trusting what felt right instead of following the formula of what has worked for others. We also talk about the power of consistency to build a brand and really the delicate push and pull between listening to your body and also knowing that doing the work and sometimes getting up, working out, doing something for work when you don't really want to is also necessary. So kind of that delicate push and pull that's needed to build a brand and also how she bootstrapped her business without any funding, the logistics of running an online platform and her team and what her morning routine looks like, what a week in the life looks like, and we really get into all of it. So I hope you enjoy this one. And if you have any feedback, if you have any questions, any um, anything you want to share, I love getting feedback and getting messages from people. So you can find me on Instagram at Brooke McKenzie with four underscores. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Tasha. I'm so excited to chat with you today and learn more about your Pilates platform and just being able to transform not only the body, but mind of all these women you teach and engage with. I would love to hear a little bit from you about what inspired you to start this platform and where you were at emotionally when you launched Trueform Studios. So I would say to like start the story, it's always easier for me to start kind of with my background. So I've been a full-time model for over 12 years. Fitness and health has always been a huge part of my life. I grew up in Spain and was never really concerned with kind of dieting and food culture until I became, I would say like 18, 19, when I had some personal struggles, which actually, which when your question taps into like emotional and stuff, it was an emotional moment for me where I thought the solution would be something like a diet because I was getting really bloated. I was feeling really not like myself. So I dived into a restrictive diet of, um, juices and stuff like that and that completely switched my mindset going from a healthy balanced girl from Spain 
always was thin and naturally just ate what I wanted. And that was just me and my young body. And then something happened where I like drastically felt very unlike myself. Like I said, I was super bloated. I didn't feel good. And it was mainly coming from my emotions. So I dealt with a lot of things during that year that I didn't realize would affect my physical body as much as it did. And so instead of because of, I guess, the current culture and all of that diet culture, because of everything I would read, everyone would tell you to embark on a diet or embark on a workout plan. And I think mm-hmm. what a lot of people, maybe more now so, but back in the day, they would never kind of tap into, well, what are you feeling? What are your emotions? Because for me personally, what I learned from that experience is that I hold a lot in my gut. I hold everything in my stomach. When I'm stressed, I can't digest food. I get super bloated. And so I went through a whole journey where I was working on this bloat. I was, I started focusing on my diet and exercise. And then I started modeling and like, that wasn't really a healthy environment for me to continue on this journey when I'm surrounded in an unhealthy environment, let's say, where everyone's, you know, trying to look a certain way, be a certain weight. And so I went through a journey of having um, restrictive eating, over-exercising and it wasn't until a couple of years later that I really overcame that and then started focusing and shifting my mindset from focusing on a diet to, let's say, lose weight or to for restrictive reasons and switching that to how can I eat to actually benefit my body? What can I include in my diet? What can I add into my daily routine that's actually going to make me feel better? And that's when I really started diving into health and wellness. And I did my course at IIN where I did my health coaching. And then I was just really kind of obsessed with how you can heal your body and how you can actually flip the switch from a diet being because you want to look a certain way and then a diet being because you want to feel a certain way. And that's when I started getting really into Pilates. So I got into exercise. I tried basically every form of exercise there is, every class, every trainer. I spent a fortune. And then I realized one kind of form of exercise that really stuck throughout this whole process was Pilates because it always made me feel good. But I never felt like it was enough. I was always like, well, I like it, but I need to run or I need to do this intense workout to sweat or I need to feel really sore. And that was kind of my mindset for a while where I would do double workouts. I'd work out in the morning, in the evening, and like nothing was making me feel good. I just got more inflamed. I'm naturally athletic. So kind of the more I do isn't necessarily better for me. It can actually be worse for me, how I feel and how I look. So I just stripped everything back after just years of kind of putting my body through this and realizing there's no point doing all this exercise if it isn't right for you, because you're taking time out of your day, you're spending this money, you're going to do this workout that everyone says is amazing, but maybe it's not amazing for you. So I stripped it back. I did nothing. I went walking and I started just doing Pilates. And that's when I started really understanding my body and connecting to how it felt. And then I did my course and then we went into lockdown. So it was like the perfect timing where I started recording videos and it was all free on YouTube. I did Instagram lives. I was cross promoting, doing lives with my friends. And I had a lot of girls in the modeling industry. So we were all bored, right? Everyone was doing, this was a time when you'd open Instagram and there was 50 lives happening at the same time. That was, I was one of them literally every day. So I spent about a year of just posting free workouts and really posting these workouts because I couldn't find what I wanted online for myself. So I wanted something that was Pilates 
obviously Pilates based, but something a little more dynamic, something with a little more oomph to it. So I'm not, you know, you want to keep up that motivation. You want to do something you enjoy. And I love the benefits of Pilates. And now the more I get into it, the more I study it and the more I do it, the more I actually appreciate the classical style and the benefits. But that takes a minute to get into it because it can be a little slow pace. And if you want to kind of turn it up a notch, you want to do something a little more fun, especially at home to motivate. So that's what I was looking for. It was the pandemic. I was searching for something to do myself. I started recording videos for others because everyone was like, can you just teach me? Can we just do something online? And after about a year of doing it free online for everyone, I decided to create my own app so that I could customize, so that I could start making some money from it because I was paying editors. I was obviously taking up my entire life and just wasn't really making any money on YouTube. So that's how I created TF Studio. It all kind of fell into place from, I would say, 12 years of experience in life. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of all felt really right. And that's when I realized this was like a transition moment for me where this now has become my full-time job. And it's been a really amazing process and it's really helped not just me teaching workouts, helping others. It's also just helped me to kind of understand what people want and what feels good for myself and for others as well. Yeah. And can you kind of describe to people how it felt in those like first early days? Because I feel like sometimes when people are trying to launch something or start something, they can feel like an emotion of I'm forcing it and I like need this to work and I'm like so attached to building a massive brand like a Pilates program, but you were kind of doing it from an angle of really just seeing what people responded to and doing it because you loved it. So can you talk a little bit more about how that felt in your body? So I think for me, this whole journey since I started TF Studio has felt very right. It feels like it goes into place something like I never studied business necessarily apart from at school but like I never planned for this to happen but I would say when something works it just kind of falls into place and I it's horrible it's not horrible but it kind of sucks when you hear people say like I would hear people say like listen to your body like just listen to your body or like it'll just fall into place or when you meet the right person it'll just feel like you don't know what that feels like until it happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, I was modeling for so long and like, I did well, I was successful, but I never quite reached that moment where I was like, that's, this feels right. And this is what I really see myself doing. I was always like, yeah, I like it. I'm doing well, I can support myself, but it doesn't feel like something I'm going to be doing forever. And it doesn't feel like it's in my control. And I think that's what I realized with TS Studio, like it's scary It was so nerve wracking when I first even posted a video on YouTube. I remember texting my sister being like, her name is Daniela. I was like, help, I'm going to post this video. What do you think? Am I going to feel stupid? I don't want to be one of those models who then turns into like fitness girl. And like, it seems so lame. She was like, Tash, just post it, just post it. And I did. And it was kind of like a, obviously a fear. And I was like sweating and I was nervous. And then once you post one, you just get that ball rolling. And I think that's what I realized after I posted that first one and then the second one and then the third one and then the response started coming in and it was positive and it was like, oh, wait a second, this actually could work and this actually feels really good. And that was kind of the feeling, it's it's scary. The hardest part is that first jump, that first video, that first 
kind of exposing yourself in a new realm out to the public, it can be very nerve wracking. But once you do it and it's right, the ball just starts rolling. And I think that's how I've treated this whole process. It's not like I need to, I'm always thinking obviously like to grow and to build and like how I can keep improving. But I do it in a way that's like, this feels right for now. And then once that's kind of complete and as you keep going, it's like, what's the next step? But Mm -hmm. I would say when something feels right, it just falls into place. And that's, I've always just kept my blinders on, done my own thing. I don't look to my left. I don't look to my right. I don't know what other people are doing on fitness platforms because I probably should do more market research, but I just like doing it my way and doing my own thing. And I think that's what I've done from the beginning because same with diet, same with anything. There is no one size fits all. And I think if you're doing something that feels very authentic and right for you, then it'll resonate with others. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And then how did you like in those first couple of months of posting videos and Mm -hmm. having people really respond positively and getting a lot of traction from it? I'm sure there were some days where you like just were too tired to record a video or were burnt out or were you kind of just running on um, excitement? Like how do you keep showing up even when, because your practice is like movement and doing exercise and some days like we don't want to do that. I have days where I have put my makeup on, my mic is on, lights are on, camera on and I sit there and I'm like, no, you know what? I do not want to film right now because you're right. It's moving my body. It's not like I'm riding in a journey. I don't know. There's other examples, but I just, it, there are days where I really don't want to film. And sometimes you have to listen to your body and listen to what you're feeling and just be like, because if I record right now, it's not going to be a good workout, but there are times because of kind of the standard that people expect and I've since day one always posted two workouts a week, brand new. So those workouts need to come out whether I want to or not. So there are days where I just don't record because I cannot and I know it's not going to be a good workout. And then days where I'm like, damn, I have no choice. So I think there's that boundary where it's like, or like you have your limits where if you can give yourself that break and you're like, you know what, I'm really not in the mood. I know I've prepped everything, but I just can't film right now and I can do it tomorrow, then do it tomorrow. But if you can't do it tomorrow, then you really don't have a choice. You're just going to have to suck it up and do it. But I have had definitely moments where I was like, to be creative, and I have over 700 videos right now in my library, for me to keep showing up and being creative every single time I put that camera on, it takes a lot of work because. Mm-hmm. I have one mat, I have this space. If you're switching up the workouts and doing boxing and Pilates and reformer and bar, whatever, then you can obviously keep differentiating, but I'm doing Pilates and that's what people come to me for. So I always want to make sure every single video, even if it's the tiniest change, I always want to make it unique in every single video that I do, but it's not always easy. Again, it's because I'm doing something that I love I know there are days where I'm just tired and then days where I have to just push through. Yeah, I think it's like a delicate balance between listening to your body and allowing for rest sometimes, but also like being strong and having conviction and keeping the consistency of a business because that consistency is beyond required to build something. Consistency is key in every single way. And I think if I became 
a little more not lazy but if i decided to just always listen to my body and not film when i don't want to like maybe i would skip a week and maybe i wouldn't have a new workout every monday and friday but that's not the standard that i've set for myself and my audience so that's what i've decided that's just what i have to do Mm-hmm. And then so much of your brand that I'm sure people resonate with is how you have such amazing results from your mm-hmm. from your workouts, but also while, you know, allowing the body to kind of reset its cortisol and nervous system and kind of approach movement in a gentler way. What other ways in your personal life, professional life have you kind of allowed yourself to balance your cortisol and kind of come down from that running green Mm -hmm. juice era? Oh my God. It feels so long ago. Um, I would say my morning routine is really important to me and that'll be meditating, journaling. I love making my morning drinks with my lemon apple cider vinegar my or I'll do my greens, my athletic greens. I love my coffee. So like those morning rituals are really important to me. Um, and then daily walks also huge. And I think I realized LA is not the easiest city to walk in. And I just have to overcome that because I realized I've just been in Europe for a month and I walked every day and I realized what a difference that made. And so I want to try and keep that up here, whether I want to or not. I know that once I get out and I get my, my steps in, I suddenly feel better, fresher. I always need to get that sunshine in the morning if it's sunny, obviously, and if I can. Um, but I would say the biggest thing for me is I can be an overthinker and I used to get super overwhelmed all the time. And I think that was because of the state I was in where it's like, I need to work out. Oh, I need to get this and I need to do that. And everything always felt very like rushed and very stressed. And I think what I've really been working on is just slowing everything down in my routine as well and not stacking my schedule so much where I'm back to back, which like happens sometimes. But if I can control it, I try and give myself little breaks in between where I don't have to feel so overwhelmed all the time. And the biggest thing for me is getting my thoughts to paper, which is why journaling works so well for me, but also creating to-do lists. I have 10,000 lists on my phone and my journals and my diary, but it just helps me write it out. So if I feel like I have 10 things to do today, Instead of letting it sit in my head and keep going through, okay, I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. If you write it down, you can then realize it's not as overwhelming as you think and you can just cross one thing off at a time. Um, That's been helpful, but it all kind of contributes to the lifestyle you create for yourself, incorporating that movement, slowing it down. Like, I don't know necessarily the scientific reason for it but when I was doing my HIIT workouts and like very intense workouts I feel like that was just kind of the tone of the rest of my day whereas now the way I slow down my movement and I really connect and I do my walks I don't have to do sprints I can jog I can walk I think that then sets the tone for the rest of the day how I want it as well so I feel like that's kind of the connection between it mm-hmm yeah And what are kind of the logistics that might, you know, your audience might not see behind running this platform? Like, do you have a team, your upload schedule? Like, what does all of that look like? And how did you know you were ready to uh, implement an online studio? I have a team. It's tight knit. Um, I've always had an editor because I don't want to spend my time editing. I think what I realized throughout the last couple of years, it's your time is valuable and you want to make sure that you're using it, doing what you're best at. 
which is why I outsource things that I don't necessarily need to do myself, which has been really helpful because then I can focus more on the creating of the videos and the content. I would say most people think that I'm just working out all day and recording videos. <laughs> and honestly, that's probably like 10% of the business. I would say the most, when I first launched the most time consuming thing, I was on my laptop 90% of my day making sure each video had matching thumbnails, the correct descriptions, categorized on the back end, uploaded to the platform. And all that stuff is super time consuming. Then per video, I would post a teaser and then the story for the teaser and then add it to the newsletter. And then it just, one thing streams into the other. And it's there's a lot of back end stuff that I don't know if people are as aware of. So the recording of the videos is probably 10% of like my daily to-dos. And then there's the events and then there's the networking and then there's so many things, but it all contributes towards the core business, which is obviously the platform. But I think what I realized when I was, for example, doing the YouTube and what made me feel ready was just, I couldn't keep up with hiring an editor, spending my entire days working, recording without seeing anything come back to financially like you need to survive you need to turn this into a business and that's when I realized like it was a risk to put it behind a paywall and to launch an app but I guess just from what I kind of spoke on earlier it just felt right so I didn't want to overthink and worst case it didn't work out I'll figure something else out and it'll fall into place again I think that's kind of my mentality is like what's the worst that can happen is that okay okay then just try Mm mm-hmm And has all of it been self-funded before? I think sometimes people are curious, like, oh, I have to like raise money or ask for money or do it all myself. I'm surprised that when people ask me if I have founders, because to me, I'm like, what do you mean? I wouldn't even, personally, I wouldn't even know how to do that or get funding. But no, everything has been me, myself and I from the beginning. And I think just maybe I was able to because I had been working since I was 18 and supporting myself and I had the funds to be able to launch it but I think it doesn't require as much money as people think Uh, maybe if you're hiring a marketing company and a design team and you don't necessarily need all of that at the beginning I think if you have a vision which I've always been very creative I have that vision I know what I want I can create it myself I can use apps that are free like Canva which is amazing if you don't know how to use Photoshop jump on Canva like there's so many things you can utilize now to launch businesses that don't have to cost a lot of money Mm -hmm. you don't need a huge team I think if you really If you have that solid vision and you're willing to put in the work, like I had no idea what I was doing at the beginning, but I figured it out how to add a third party integration between my app to my newsletter, like all these things you Google and you learn. And I think that's something my dad taught me was to wear all the hats. When you launch a business, you want to be able to do every single person's job for your business, because then if something happens and this person decides to leave, you're not left stranded. You can always like pick up the slack and take over and you always know what everyone is capable of doing and what they're doing on the back end because you've done it yourself so that's why at the beginning I literally did everything myself and then I started integrating people in knowing that like I know how to do it I don't need to do this I can hire someone who's going to do it better and then move on I think that's how I started but in terms of funding I think there's so many free resources and so many things that you can take on yourself if you're willing to learn and put in the time Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. 
What um what do you find that your audience is like asking you for now now that you have your Pilates studio and have as you mentioned like mm-hmm. 700 plus videos are they like asking you for nutrition support I would say the biggest thing is food people are always asking me for recipes and food and I have been tapping into that a lot more I do like a recipe of the week on my Instagram I share recipes in my newsletter and the blog but that's something that I am looking to incorporate in, but in an authentic way for me, which is why I don't think I've done it yet, because there are so many recipes and <laughs> you can just like everyone has a recipe and I just Google it. So like, how can I do this in a way on my platform, whether it's video format, um, PDF format, like I'm working on how I want to share that without it being a restrictive or measurements like I'm very kind of laser fair with my recipes that don't there isn't that much structure to it and I think that's what I'm figuring out how to share but I would say food is number one people always want more of that I do have meditation so they always ask me for more but I have my friend Leo Max who does them and then live classes again so I paused live classes halfway through the year I think March um, just because I had something happen where I couldn't commit to being somewhere at a specific time and live classes was really overwhelming for me at that time mm-hmm. so I it and from then I haven't brought it back in but that's something that people have been asking me for so now it's like you know when you stop something it's like okay now I gotta get that like kickstart that again so I want to start live classes again because I think during COVID everyone was so desperate to be somewhere at a certain time which is why online platforms took off and why live classes were so popular and then once people started getting back to work and getting back to studios they were less important I would say or people don't necessarily feel the need to do a live class online But now it's like it ebbs and flows. So I kind of noticed these trends where people are like, oh, I'm not going to show up at a live class. I'll just do it on demand later. Whereas now I think people again are like, you know what? I kind of miss doing my workouts at home. It was so efficient and time efficient. And that's why I feel now from my audience that people are craving a lot more of that like online Sunday morning class altogether situation. So that's something else that people have been asking for that I'll be adding in. And then the other thing is reformer classes, which again, the, when I first launched TF Studio, it was all about creating at-home workouts that were time efficient, minimal space required, minimal equipment required, because I launched it during COVID. So I really just wanted to create something for everyone to be able to do at home, whether you have five minutes or an hour, literally no equipment necessary. So for me to add in reformer kind of goes against that, but I'm not against it. I just want to, again, figure out, A, I need space for a reformer in the studio, and then how to incorporate it in a way as well that feels usable for people because there aren't that many people with reformers at home, but those who have one at home really want at-home videos. Yeah, I think that like as we move into fall, I don't know, it could just be me, but the idea of like more structure and routine, like live classes sounds super interesting whereas like in the summer everyone's just sprinting around traveling you cannot time me down during the summer yeah and I loved following your travel this summer how do you balance your personal life your travel with those you know twice weekly video recordings and so before I left I was a mad woman and I pre-recorded everything until the end of October um because I wanted to take a break because I don't think I've really had a month of filming since 2019 or 2020. So I really wanted to take a month to not have to think about work. I don't want to stress about, oh, because I could always 
create something really unique and be like, oh, I could film this workout in the English countryside or on the Spanish beaches. That would be amazing. And yes, I could have, but I was like, no, this month, you're not doing anything. You're not doing any work. So I pre-recorded everything. I prepped everything. We had the back to class program prepped in the back end. Um, I had people on my team. Like I still had a weekly call with my team and we kind of made sure everything was still up and running. (laughs) Um, But that's what I would say helped me stay balanced on holiday was just making sure I felt comfortable when I left that everything was prepped, all my videos were done. And then taking a month off was challenging because I'm so used to working all the time. But then once I got comfortable with just not having to think about it so much, it felt really nice to not have to think about work for a minute. And it's funny because I've noticed now since being back, I was so excited to get back to LA so I could get back into my routine and my work routine. And now it's been a real struggle because now I'm on the other end where I haven't been working all month. So now I have to get back into it again, but I'm just being gentle and knowing like it takes time. It's not a big deal. I have everything pre-recorded. We're still on track. But the routine thing is is definitely something that, I mean, it's kind of unavoidable when you're on holiday, you're traveling. I always try to, obviously, like I said, I walked a lot and I would, my workouts are so easy to do literally anywhere, anytime that I could do them for 10 minutes and have my sister join and have my mom join. And so in terms of movement, I never have an issue keeping up with that when it comes to travel and stuff, because I always just like doing it. Um, and for me, it's funny when I go on holiday, if I'm in a hotel, everyone's like, oh, you were at the gym this morning, like before breakfast, aren't you on holiday? And for me, my holiday is like, I love waking up and going to an empty gym by myself while like my boyfriend or my friends are sleeping and then we'll meet for breakfast later. So I love having my mornings to actually go to the gym because I don't work out as much as people would think. Cause I'm always filming and that's my priority. I'm like, well, if I'm going to work out, I might as well film it because then two for one. But there is a difference between recording for others and then just putting your headphones in and doing whatever you feel like doing that day for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the difference. But I would say I try to keep up with my routine when I travel in some capacity, but I'm not really that stressed if it's not. And now that you're back and, you know, we'll gear up back to create a routine about recording and stuff. What does like a week in the life look like? Do you have certain days where you're just working with your team or do you kind of keep it flexible still? Like what does a typical week look like? I'm pretty flexible. I do have some structure. I do Mondays and Fridays are kind of calls and work with my team. And then in terms of recording, I kind of record when I feel like it because I'll bank content when I'm feeling good. And then, right, let's say it's before my period or during my period. I'm like, I am I know I'm not going to want to record that week. So I'll make sure I record the week prior knowing that my I'll feel good. So that's kind of how I prep my, my filming schedule is really based around my cycle, funnily enough. And then my weekly schedule is that Monday with the team. And then I'll usually do a day during the week where I batch film content. So that'll be the recipes that I'm posting or outfit posts. Um, Then I'll do, um, I do sponsored posts too. So then I'll have those prepped. And that's kind of the system where I have days where I'll film and batch film, but it's not like on Tuesdays I do this or on Wednesdays I do this. It kind of depends also on like how my schedule pans out. And then I'll always make sure I do it that week, but every day will be slightly different. 
Mm-hmm. Even in my work helping support other creators, I think it's sometimes a hard transition when they find that they have to run their life at, like a business. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of educating them to like pre-batch, like you mentioned, and like write all the newsletter content and get the blogs up so that you're not doing it all last minute. But I think it's sometimes hard for them to like make that mental switch. Definitely last minute. Sometimes I'm like, you know what? Let's launch this program on Monday. I know it's last minute, but I really feel like it's right. So sometimes things fall last minute. But in general, I think the batch creating is really important. And maybe that's just for any creator of some sense. It's knowing that like I have my weekly recipes for the next six weeks, knowing that I have those outfit posts for the next six weeks because I batch film them, batch edit, done. I think that's really helpful. And then having those... um, Like I use later to prep my content where I just kind of put it in, put the links in, and then I get notification that your post is ready to post. And that way I don't have to think about it on a daily basis because that can be kind of stressful too, is knowing like, oh, what am I posting today? Oh, I wanted to film that recipe to post today. Like, thank God I had it in advance because that would be really hectic. But I think things are last minute all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just being able to make room for... Mm-hmm. You know, when you do get that creative urge to like put something out there that you have the framework to do that. But then, yeah, doing upfront work is so helpful. Even with this podcast, I pre-recorded so many, I edited them. And now it's like a fun surprise where I'm like, oh, I don't even have to do any work to put them out this week. It's so nice. It's like more work at the beginning, but then when it all starts to come out on time, you're like, oh my God, so helpful. Mm-hmm. Your later self will thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what roadblocks do you find that some women face when like they're trying to implement a movement r- routine, they join a program, they really want to create a structure and implementing a movement r- routine is showing a beautiful sign of respect for your body and health. There's a saying like an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure, mm-hmm. the little things we can do every day to show our bodies we're taking care of it and moving and eating well and but of course all with like a gentle frame of self-love but what what roadblocks have you find that some women face when they're trying to implement a routine or learning about this program I would say the biggest like the key thing that I always remember and what I always emphasize for people is consistency over intensity and I think when someone's trying to create a routine or start a new workout program or start working on their health and food, it kind of feels like you have to do it all at once. And I think that's the biggest roadblock is over the overwhelming feeling and the not knowing where to start because you're so overwhelmed. So it's like, oh, I'm going to start this workout program and then I'm going to start eating like this on Monday. And then I'm going to start adding my meditations and my daily walks and my, that is going to be so overwhelming. And it's kind of, it's going to stump you from actually starting because it feels like there's too much. So I think that's my biggest key that I always say consistency is key because you don't have to do an hour a day. You don't have to be perfect every single day, but if you do a little bit, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it all adds up. And I think that's the biggest tool and helpful message that I always emphasize and say and use myself because Like I said, with the traveling, like I had a 10 minute workout. Great. No problem. Because I know it's just part of my daily routine. And I think it takes time. That's why it's better to start small 
add a little step here. Don't think that you're going to do 10,000 steps a day all of a sudden when you generally don't walk. It's like start with two, start with three, start with four, start with five. And I think that's the easiest way to really incorporate movement, create your routine is just by starting small and not thinking that you're going to be perfect from the beginning, running this many miles, doing this many hours of exercise, prepping your meals. Like it's just not, it's just not achievable. And I think by being consistent, you're creating those little steps for long-term benefits. And it's really about creating a routine that you can do sustainably and consistently because doing something extreme, whether that again is like a workout program or food, it's not sustainable. And I think that's another roadblock where because people want to jumpstart into something so intensely, do it like this, be extreme, you can't sustain that. And that's really why I love me personally doing Pilates so much and why so many people see results once they get into it, you realize you don't have to be so intense and so extreme. And I think just a little bit every single day and that's going to help you in the long run and you're going to be able to continue it sustainably. I think these days what I find is it's this kind of message where I think the other roadblock that I forgot to mention is kind of following what other people are doing and thinking that because something works for someone else that it's going to work for you. And I think that's the other thing is I always say this is no one size fits all and making sure that you're doing what feels right for you and not what feels right for the person you're following on social media and not being bombarded by everyone and them telling you that their method is the best because also sometimes you'll start a workout program and all of a sudden you read that five influencers are doing this other program. So you're like, Oh my God, I need to do that one then instead. And that's another thing where you start flip-flopping because you're listening to others instead of listening to yourself. Mm, I love that one. And in the name of this podcast and just trying to create a little place on the internet where people can feel inspiration in their career and their relationships and their life, what advice would you give that version of yourself before you started this where you weren't feeling totally fulfilled in your career what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now I would tell myself I always just believe that everything happens for a reason if I wouldn't have gone through those moments and you know dealt with my restrictive eating and over exercising and modeling career and I wouldn't be where I am now so really everything happens for a reason when times are tough always know that you're meant to go through that and learn a lesson from it to come out the other end and come out stronger and to fall into something else. And really when one door closes, another one opens and you can create the life that you want. And I think if you want something, what does it take for you to get that? Like I said earlier, pen to paper, once you start writing it out and mapping it out, it's not unachievable. If you want something, you can get it. And I think it's always having that abundant mindset because you have one life. So why not live it in the way that you want and create what you want for yourself? And I think that's always my reminder when times are tough or things don't go your way. It's like, this is meant to happen for a reason. I'm going to come out the other end and learn my lesson from this. And then something else is going to happen. It can always work out. It will always work out. So beautiful. Thank you so much. I loved that. Yeah, I was talking with uh, my therapist actually this week and she was like, she was like, what are you on a scale one to 10? I was like, I'm an eight. And she was like, what does it take to get to a 10? Well, a 10 feels 
unsustainable. So I'm going to keep it at an eight. An eight feels like perfect. She was like, what do you tell yourself if you're at a four? I always say like, even if I'm not okay, I know I will always be okay. Like even if you're going through something and times are tough and you're feeling low, like even if you're not okay, just having that trust that you'll you'll always be okay. So I loved what you shared. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It's It's so true because I think in the moment it can feel like the world is crumbling around you and everything sucks and you get into that negative spiral, but really everything is going to be okay. And I think that's always that gentle reminder. And some days you're a four and some days you're an eight and you'll have moments of a 10, but you know that it's like, oh, today was a 10, but you're not always going to be running at a 10. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really enjoyable. It's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with Tasha Franken. If you enjoyed this one, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and please rate and review. I appreciate all the feedback. So if you have questions, if you have guest suggestions, you can find me on Instagram at Brooke McKenzie with four underscores. I will be back shortly with another feminine profile. But in the meantime, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day.